You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Mamunzi, alongside me, as always, the three-time NBA champion, Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great today, Mo. Great, real name, no gimmicks. A beautiful day. There's a lot. There's a lot on our on, I... on our calendar to discuss. A lot on the, our, our timeline to discuss. So Mo, you know, go ahead. I know you. I know you watching the same thing I'm watching. So I'm, let's, glad. Let's get to it. I'm glad. You're having a I'm glad you're I'm having a not so great day. Oh BJ. no! What happened? In my quest to get back in shape, in my quest oh, to okay. score this thirty points for you, I enlisted the help of a man who goes by the name of the Lethal Shooter. Oh, and wow. uh, we had a workout yesterday. Okay. And uh, I miss being 18 years old because my body is not recovering in the same way that it did when I was 18. And I woke up this morning and I limped down the stairs because my knees just felt like they turned to ash. So <laughs> it's good, but it's not great. So I want to actually uh, dedicate today's episode to our good friend, Mr. Bart, who, okay. if you guys don't know, joined the Hoop Genius team and now he's working hard behind the scenes on a a bunch of different things and i said to him you know you are here every day um you know listening to our show and you're helping us grow it what do you want to hear us talk about so today we're going to talk about what bart wants us to talk about and okay for those of you guys who don't know he is a big 90s nba fan he's an old school oh that's why he vibes with me and bj right okay okay and um he watched the soics game on sunday night i don't know if you saw it bj the one that ended with oh with uh, uh, the against Chris the Memphis Grizzlies blocking yes. uh, the yeah, Memphis I, Grizzlies player actually and I watched just, that game and then just staring him down well perfect because Bart said is this the best we've ever seen from Paul Zingis talking about his fit and his role um, his vibes his performance the six block bonanza and the stare down on the final shot was like it was straight from the nineties he says if the Celtics make a move and he's such a good fit um, and they're a defensive minded team. Is he the missing piece that will help the Celtics win an NBA championship? You watched the game. I watched the game. I was not surprised it was so close because it was one of those games that we talked about in previous seasons, a trap game where you kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit. You're looking at the Grizzlies. There's no John Morant, no Steven Adams, uh, no Brandon Clark. And also Marcus Smart is out injured. um, So we didn't get to see him go up against his former team. And um, the Grizzlies were in it right until the end, the final possession. Um, but aside from that, the Celtics have been very dominant. They've got the most wins. They've got the biggest point differential in the entire NBA so far this season. What do you think about the Celtics? And has Paul Zingas made them almost the favorite to win the NBA championship? And do you see them going and doing it? Um, I'm, I'm, first, I want to start off by giving the Celtics credit for, to me, which is the first indicator of a good team. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. Yes. Because we say this every episode now. Yes. Yeah. Like, 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 Mo, it's really hard to win in this league. I know we always think this team is better than this team. However, for people who respect that game, people who've played that game, you know how hard it is to beat. So they're missing John Morant, they're missing Marcus Smart, they're missing Steven Adams, <laughs> Dylan Brooks no longer on their team. They're missing four out of their five starters from just a year ago. And we're talking about a one-point game. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, Mo, we can look at this from whatever angle we want to. I'm looking at it going, 
That's not a that's not positive. For the if you're talking about a championship yeah, for the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's how I'm looking at it. However, I want to also say, you know what? Boston did what they had to do to come up with the win, which is positive. A win is a win. I don't care who plays and who not. I'm not taking away any of the players who are out there playing now. However, I'm just saying here, if you look at the team from a year ago, four out of the five starters are missing and they were, they finished second last year. Yeah. Yeah. Second, third man. I feel like a lifetime ago. Okay. Now. So Mo, I'm looking at this going either Memphis is much better than I thought. Or Boston is not as good as I thought. Mm-hmm. Now, however, we want to look at it. So, but let me start off by saying this. Porzingis, I think this is the first time in Porzingis' career, in his career, at least that I can, where you could say he's not the first or second best player on the team. Yeah. Those positions are already preserved in stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They're not in pencil. They're in stone. Jason Tatum. And then after that is Jalen Brown. And then everybody else you can fill in. Okay. Defensively. Well, I, I'm not saying he's he hasn't been there long enough, but their best defensive player is Drew Holiday. Yep. So that means because, Mo, we are talking about a championship, we know, Mo, that if you're going to win a championship, you need a commitment to the defensive end. Okay. Well, their top three players are all pretty good on both sides of the ball. Right? They, we, we know that. So now we have Porzingis in a position where he is probably the fifth best defensive player in that starting lineup. Well, in their main, because Al Horford is a pretty good defensive player, I might add. Mm-hmm. He might be the fifth best defensive player on that team. <laughs> Think about Uncle that. Al. And that's and, yeah, and coming that, off the bench. I, and and he's I, got, I would say because Derek White is and, an and all Derek, NBA level I was defender. Was going to say Derek White. Derek White led. The, he was like a all NBA last year, like second yeah, team or Drew, something like. You got Derek White. You got Paul right? Ziggins, You got Taylor, okay. Ben Horford, Brown, so, maybe together. So suddenly now, Mo, we're looking at and saying. He's adding a dimension that the other guys can't do, which is he can rim protect because the other guys are all really, really good defensive players. Okay. Bo, he, he, he fits in. It's a seamless, it's a seamlessness fit for him because all we need him to do is protect the rim. We don't need him to switch out per se. We don't need him to, you know, be a great help defender. I, I did get worried in that towards the end of the game when he got isolated on uh, Desmond Bain. Well, 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 okay, and he held his own. Look, to his yeah, credit, absolutely. he looked better than yeah, he has the, the, in, the, in yes, Dallas and previous stops where he looked like a deer on ice. So, yeah, okay, to so him. to give him credit, now it has been a great pickup thus far. What's going to be fascinating is as we get through this season and we keep going. We haven't figured out yet how to uh, to attack this team mm-hmm. because they have terrific individual defenders along with collectively, those guys are really good. I mean, they, they put Drew Holiday on Joel Embiid, I saw the other yep. day. Yep, that was amazing. Okay, so we know 
that this team is a versatile defensive team. They have sides. Okay. The only thing that they're missing, in my opinion, is the depth. They don't have a deep bench in which they could go to. Okay. But I like what they're seeing. I like the fact that they're winning games. And I think without question right now, they are in the upper echelon of the league as far as the consistency in which you're playing with, which puts them automatically into a championship conversation. Now, have they separated themselves? No. But are they there? But no one has separated themselves. You can't say that this team or that team or whatever, you know, the Denver Nuggets, with the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, whoever you got out there, no one separated. However, the Boston Celtics are in the conversation, and I respect the fact when they go there and they grind a game out on the road. I don't care who it's against. So great win by them. They all add up. A win is a win, no matter if you win by 30 or you win by one. It's a win. So give them credit for that, and they continue to pile up these wins, and in the end, they all add up. I think, you know, you're saying that no team's figured out how to beat them yet. I figured they just like to beat themselves at times for what we've seen in the last season through their turnovers. And well, 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 I can't the other say thing that because here, they have different personnel. The, the other thing yeah. here, though, is um, I like the fact that the offense is still a lot of three-point shooting, but they've gone more to getting Jason Tatum in post-ups, getting him more in the mid-range. However, they do tend to live and die by the three in games where their shots not fought, like last night against the Grizzlies, the reason why it was so close in the first half, I don't think anyone outside of Sam Hauser could make a three-point shot. Sam Hauser, by the way, uh, fourth in the NBA in made three-pointers. He's been shooting at 54% over the past month. Oh, wow. um, That's fire. That's you know, fire so yeah. The depth is not there, but you know, if players like him can come along and, and put on performances like that because the rest of the team gets so much attention from the defense and he's just open to knock down shots. And my favorite thing is, Everyone, every team loves to target him because he looks like he should be a bad defender. That's what I'll say about that. And yeah. he can hold his own. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of live and die by the three because that's the reason why that game against Memphis was so close because just their shot is just one of those nights. You're going to have those nights throughout season. Um, and the worry is when those nights happen during the NBA playoffs because you can't afford that. So that's my concern still with the Celtics. And everyone always asks me all the time, like, you know, Paul Zingis is playing so well. Do you uh, have you changed your mind on the trade and whatnot? And my answer is always the same. We're not going to be able to tell until the playoffs come around and see that different style of basketball and see if this actually holds up. So that's that for the Boston well, Celtics. Well, here's here 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 is the here is the moment of truth for the Celtics. Okay, there there there, the player. There are a couple of players that they're going to have to go through to get to the. NBA Finals. One of them is going to have to be Bam. Mm -hmm. One of them is going to have to be Joel Embiid. And one of them is going to have to be Giannis. Okay. I don't know which one they're going to see. They may see all three of them. Yep. Okay. And that's where we're going to find out whether this trade is it was the right trade or not. Because let me tell you something. Seeing those guys at the level of physicality that he's going to have to see for seven games. Okay. That's 21 games. He would have to play for us to answer that question. And Mo, I just don't know that answer. Like, I don't know. Other than Jokic, 
I don't know what other player I can say comfortably that can get, yeah, they're going to handle that situation. Like Jokic. All right. I don't even know then if it will be comfortable to well, face them. Well, when I say comfortable, like, you know, he's going to match the energy of the game. Like, okay, yeah, this but, guy may give you like, 30. He's so much stronger than Porzingis that I don't think that's even a comfortable uh, matchup the, 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 because he's just going to walk him down every time. Because Porzingis can be a rim protector in terms of a weak side defender, help defender blocking shots. But when Jokic posts him up, Porzingis is a skinny guy. He's added muscle, but yeah, I don't even think saying. that's I, a comfortable one. This is what I'm saying. So well, th- that's, well, th- this is going to be our moment of truth here. This is going to be our moment of truth. And, I don't know what that really entails, but I do know, Mo, is that your reputation is always, you know, enhanced by your performance in the playoffs, okay? Porzingis is a really good basketball player. Clearly, he has size, length, he can shoot it, he can do all those things. However, the tell of the tape for him is that's the moment. And when he comes out of that battle mode, then you and I can say, this is what we saw. Mm-hmm. And we will be able to answer that question because, well, that that's that's a big task. <laughs> that, hey, Mo, yeah, hell that, yeah. Hell yeah. But if he does thing. win that battle, I just got to let you know, you're not going to see yeah. me for about six months. I'm going to be running down the streets of Boston with my head eye green. So, okay. So, okay. So, that, so, so. I, 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 res- I respect I'm that just... too. And I'm sure that you won't be alone in your in, as you are doing your as you're doing your laps. You won't be alone. There'll be a lot of people. Okay? Yes, sir. Hopefully. Um, but you know what? Speaking of Paul Zingas, I was rewatching the Golden State OKC game from the other day. Uh, and one possession really stood out to me. And it was uh, Chet Holmgren posting up on Chris Paul. And, you know, Chris Paul is, is strong for his size. He's got low center of gravity and he managed to stop. Holmgren from backing him down kind of pushed him out a little bit and forced him to kill mm-hmm, the ball. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. reminded me of a young Paul Zingis who kind of struggled uh, to post up against these smaller defenders. And then after a few years, he figured out, well, I'm just going to turn around, face up and shoot over the top of you. Cause there's no way Chris Paul is going to alter my shot. I'm seven foot tall. Um, so I, I was enjoying watching that and seeing the growth of Chet and whatnot. And, and it brought to mind what we said the other day on the podcast about how great this team is with those young players you've got almost four guys that could be running up high value contracts um and there is a worry in this league because that's why we say every season is not guaranteed you know like we used to say about the okc thunder when they had russell westbrook harden kevin durant um and everyone thought this is the team for the future they've got all these young guys they're in the finals xyz and then they had to break it up and we might see the same with okc bart wanted to know just continuing his conversation did the grizzlies ride rise to success happen way too quickly um because after they got John Moran they went from a lottery team to a team who as you said was the second seed last season you mean Memphis Grizzlies uh, yeah yeah the Memphis okay. Grizzlies yeah, yeah Grizzlies. sorry okay um yeah they they've gone from a lottery team to a team that's trying to challenge the Warriors um in 22 and then last season they were the second seed um do you think that the success came too quickly for them and now they have these huge expectations obviously their record is not reflective of their team with so many key pieces out um but you know last season's playoffs and whatnot do you think that it all happened a little too fast and is there a worry about that happening for young teams in the nba for the memphis grizzlies did that happen too fast for the memphis grizzlies or the okay no i don't think it happened too fast john morant is an exceptional player and you know, Mo, one of the fastest ways to improve your team 
is to play a style of play that really takes advantage of the rules of the, of the game today and how we play. Okay, we play this game mode where there's pace and space. If you look at the games this evening, well, early in the morning for you guys, hmm. you're going to see a, literally a five-out offense, meaning there will be five guys on the perimeter at the three-point line, and they will be doing what we call drive-and-kick situations, taking advantage and putting up 30, 40, 50 threes in one game. Now, what does that entail? Well, that that means that that puts a premium on skilled players, skilled players who have the ability to play off the dribble because we know the most difficult thing to do is to guard someone where you can't impede their progress, right? I cannot touch you, Mo. Mm -hmm. So the offensive player has a significant advantage. Okay, so that puts a defensive player at a significant disadvantage. Right. And that's called help defense. So why are coaches all doing this is because everyone is exploiting the weakness of the rules and knowing you can't touch a player. Yeah. Now, with that, Mo, the easiest way. To take advantage of this style of play, which really is small ball, is you find a player. Who has the ability to play downhill, meaning if you miss a if you miss a shot, Mo, and in transition defense, if you have a player that has the ability to break down the defense and get into the lane and can spray the ball to the corners and all those things, you have a significant advantage. Well, they have a player who could, who does that exceptionally well, along with his ability to finish at the rim, and his name is Ja Morant. Mm -hmm. So we know, Mo, that if you find a player who can play downhill, who can play screen roll and break down the defense and has the ability to finish at the basket himself or passing the ball to shooters and you put shooting around him, it gives you a significant advantage. Well, John Morant is one of the best in the business. He's mm -hmm. one of the best, Mo. I mean, Mo, he, but he's just an exceptional player where you have to literally wall him up, okay? You have to wall him up. You can't not, you can't keep him in front of you. He's just that good. He's that fast. So, that's why there's such a premium on guard play. That's why it's such a premium on players who have the ability to play off the dribble. And when you find that player, you incorporate that into your style, into your system. And nine times out of 10, it's going to work. Why? Because the defense can't consistently keep this player out of the painted area. That's just what it is in today's game. Mm -hmm. So do I think they did it too quickly? No. I mean, they just had a player who the game today's game is built for a player like him. Mm -hmm. You know, you, that's why, you know, you talk about Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose and Chris Paul and John Morant and Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving. The list just goes on and on. You know, you look at De'Aaron Fox today. De'Aaron Fox is arguably one of the best players right now that's probably under 6'3", six, 6'4", six, who can consistently do this. I mean, they just give him the ball and he just plays downhill mm -hmm. every single time. You know, right now, Mo, I don't know if this is a hot take, but right now there's no question to me that Shea Alexander, okay, is the best lead guard in the NBA. Hey, that's okay. a, that's interesting. He's a, 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 I, I don't what know. Do you I think don't know. The gap between him and De'Aaron Fox 
with discounting Steph Curry because he's not a traditional lead guard, uh, right? Uh, so uh, Steph's off the table. And then Luka Doncic is basically like a forward playing the guard position, same with LeBron. So if we're talking about those point guards, you've got Shea, you've got uh, De'Aaron Fox. Who else do you put in that category? Fox and Shea are are the best lead guards in, to, in the NBA today, right now. Yeah. They're the best. And They're who best. do you think is okay. just under them? Just in that, just so the, the listeners have a frame of reference of the type of well, player yeah. we're referring to. Yeah, well, anybody that plays the lead guard position, right? You know, anybody who plays the lead guard position. Shea Alexander, and the reason I have him slightly, just slightly, is because of his size. Size matters because Shea can go on the box and post up any guard in the NBA. He's just too big. Mm -hmm. Okay? De'Aaron Fox just can't go and post up Steph Curry, but Shea Alexander can just go post any of those guys up. Mm -hmm. Any of them. He could just take them to the box. He could take Kyrie Irving. He could take Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox. That's that's the difference. And that matters when you get to the playoffs. Why? Because your guard, who more times than not, is probably your best passer with the exception of Jokic, he could pass from the post. You got to double team him. He's just too big of a player. He, he will punish smaller guards. He'll punish any guard. You can't put a small guard on him. He's just that good. He's that creative. He's that crafty. He finishes. He can post up. He plays in, he plays in, you know, he, he blocked Steph Curry's jump shot the other night for mm -hmm. crying out loud. I mean, this guy is like, he is without question, without question, he is the best lead guard in the NBA. But without question, De'Aaron Fox is right there. I don't even think it's it's so close because De'Aaron Fox has the ability to get to the he can get in the paint anytime he wants to. I mean, mm -hmm. He's just he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he I watched him the other night versus the the Dallas Mavericks. It might have been last night. Mo, he's just so good. He, he's just right now. He's just so so good. Okay, now you have some really good guards. Now you have Steph Curry, obviously. You have Jamal Murray. You have Kyrie Irving. You got some Damian Lillard. This guy, Shea Alexander, right now, he's just too big for any guard in the league. And then this other guy is just too fast. De'Aaron mm -hmm. Fox. He just, and I think any, I think everyone knows it. That's not taking away from the other guys. It's just saying right now, as lead guards, those guys are they're playing the game now at another level. Those two, Shea Alexander, right now, Shea Alexander and Anthony Edwards. <laughs> they're just, I don't even know what to say about those two. Like you say like, who's up next? Forget next. Who's up right now. These guys are that good. Those two players right now, they've really taken the next step Mo, into what, when you say superstar, those two guys have already taken the step. They're here now. They're not like trying to figure out who they're going to be. They're here. De'Aaron Fox to me is there now too. Well, so another another, another name that gets put in those conversations by fans a lot is Tyrese Halliburton. What do you think, in your opinion, he needs to do uh, to get to that top tier? Because in my opinion, he's pretty close. So if not, he's in the same tier as well, those guys. I, what do you think? I think, you know, last year he really made Halliburton really like jumped on the scene. Okay. If I remember correctly, he became an all-star. Okay. 
Now I think it's time now to carry that burden, to carry that. Okay. I know uh, Shea hasn't, did, has Shea made the playoffs yet? I think, did he make the playoffs with the Clippers? Young? Was he not? Wait a minute. Yeah. He, he made the playoffs, he playoffs with, with Chris Oklahoma. Paul on OKC. Yeah, Chris Paul against the Rockets. Okay. So I think it's time now for Tyrese Halliburton, who's having a phenomenal season right now. He's got nice size. Once he gets to the playoffs and he performs like that in the playoffs with another season like he had a year ago, a meaningful season, mm -hmm. then, Mo, there's nothing else to talk about. Is he right there? He's knocking at the door. I mean, Mo, this guy's putting up incredible numbers. Though these other guys, Anthony Edwards, Shea Alexander, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, these guys have, you know, okay, they they they're letting you know we can get there. We can get there. Now, Mo, it's just a matter of them working with their organizations and saying, this is what these guys need to advance. Well, these are like elite players. And Tyrese Halliburton this year. If they get to the playoffs and there's no reason for me to believe that he won't perform at that level, then Mo, he's not only knocked the door, he kicked it down. And now mm -hmm. he's in. I but mean, th this game is in good position with these young guys coming up and they're moving into the next phase of their careers. I mean, um, for me, Tyrese Halliburton has to improve his defense a little bit or maybe more than just a little bit uh, to, to be really elite. A random NBA trivia fact I discovered recently Tyrese Halliburton has a cousin in the NBA. Do you know who his cousin is? I have no idea. Jalen Suggs. I didn't know that. That's very random, right? I never heard that's about a, that before. I, I, I didn't either. I didn't know it, that. I it's know almost that. like Suggs got all the defense from the family tree and Halliburton got all the all the three-point shooting. <laughs> Sugg, I mean, that sucks. Shout out to Jalen Suggs. He's um, improved a lot this year as well. By yeah, the way. The it was, Magic, yeah, he's a ter terrific, terrific young man. I, I got to know him through his draft process here. Terrific. And by the way, he's a unbelievable football player, a quarterback. NFL, yeah. American NFL, football. Yeah. yeah. American football. He's an unbelievable. I mean, Mo, he's probably an NFL level quarterback. Wow. He he's that type of athlete. And he's a he's a really good player. And he's and I'm telling you, that Orlando Magic team, they're a nice, they've put together a nice group down there and they're doing some nice things. And he's certainly a reason why they're doing that. So shout out to him. But Halliburton has a funky shot. It's a funky shot, right? It's weird, I, I know. right? It's it, weird. But, it, but it's effective. So that's all that matters. Just on Suggs, um, tied first in loose balls recovered, uh, third in steals per game and sixth in deflections per game. So that NFL hustle... Uh, physicality is really coming into play. So shout out to oh, him. Yes, we love yes. those kind of players over here. Um, yes. Yeah, Halliburton's shot is so unconventional. Well, maybe it is conventional because it looks like a player shooting from a historic tape of basketball, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it goes in and that's all that matters. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, has anything else been standing out to you from around the NBA that you wanted to talk about on today's episode? Um, well, nothing really. You know, I, I watched a really good game last night and... You know, I, I just, we haven't spoken about him. We haven't spoken about the Lakers much, or at least I don't recall. I tried to avoid that. Yes, but not last because night because I hate the Lakers, but because fans of the NBA are spammed constantly by ESPN every day talking about the Lakers. So I like this to be a nice place they can they can get some actual talk about the rest of the league because yeah, I've not seen ESPN see... talk about Orlando once. 
or Washington yes. or or half these teams that we talk about here. But let's let's do it. Let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Lakers a little bit. It was a really nice win against and the Houston Rockets. Houston you're Rockets. About. Yes, yes I against the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. I mean, that's one of those games where you played well enough to win and they lose. But if you're going to lose a game, you're going to lose a game because it was just a tremendous individual effort. And, and they made it right till the end. Yes. They, I mean, listen, LeBron James was unbelievable. And you you lose the way you lost. I can live with that. But the Houston Rockets, Mo, they are, you know, I, I'm, you talk about a team that's really made some strides. I mean, Mo, they're doing this on the road. Okay. They're playing and they played well enough last night to win the game. They were up by double digits for a large portion of this game. And it just took a, a great individual effort. And sometime, you know, that's what LeBron, LeBron just had a great game. He had like, I don't know, 37, 38 points or something he mm-hmm. had last night. But um, I just wanted to point that out because the Houston Rockets fan base, you guys should really get your tickets now because this team in a year or two, they look like they could really do something. I mean, they look like they could, they got a they got a nice group there. I like what they're I'll, doing. I'll tell you what, a year or two, we're gonna have Alper and Shangun as a fixture in the all-star game. Are you aboard this? Are you aboard this ride? Well, he did something last night that was really funny. He gave me the one leg Jokic. Yep, that's his move. Uh, he gave me the one leg Jokic he, last night. He, I'll tell you this. He's from Turkey, right, BJ? Right. I call him Turk Nowitzki. <laughs> I, I got that from one of the comments on my YouTube video about the Rockets. Yeah, yeah. I ain't taking credit I, well, for it. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call it. The kid is a really good player. I mean, he's a, he is a really good player, and they're doing things now where you can tell that he is one of the centerpieces for their young players. They went to him late in the game on the box with LeBron guarding him, with LeBron guarding him, and he scored. Okay, now it took a great individual effort to beat this team. However. They pl- they play like a team that that's playing with, with a lot of confidence as a young team. They're playing meaningful basketball, and they're going to be a tough team. Okay, they're going to be a tough team, especially at home. So, but Segun is a really good player. They're doing a, a, a and you know what I I I am I'm going to say it here. I, I'm a Dylan Brooks fan. Hey, <laughs> I, I I I like Dylan Man, Brooks. I, I, I put a post I, on Instagram that's been going crazy because I was talking about the redemption arc of Dylan Brooks. Like the most hated I, player I, last year is you, now you know, slowly becoming. Everyone's starting to realize. Well, maybe he ain't that bad of a guy. No, like, no, you know, no, he man, beat Team he, USA in the Olympics in the World Cup. And now he's shooting really well. He's sure. playing great defense. Great. In fact, no, there's, a whole, shows up. there's a whole 20 yeah. minute video uh, on YouTube that you can watch. It's on youtube.com forward slash hoop genius where you can watch yeah. this all about the Rockets. So, one he thing that shows up, I mean, he literally he shows up. Oh, I mean, he had like 24, 25 points last night and he shows up like Mo, like, you know what? You got to respect it, right? You know what I mean? So, I, I, I am, I, I'm a Dylan Brooks guy. Great pickup by them. Fred Van Fleet, great pickup for them. Segun developed. You know else was a great pickup. Jeff Green was a fantastic pickup. And and here's one yes. thing that really stood out to me. Um, they had a game last week where Jabari Smith Jr. came out of the game. And remember the number that was the number two, number three overall pick in a draft a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. He came out of the game and they put Jeff Green in to close. 
Now, a lot of players who are top three pick in the NBA draft, they would feel some type of way about it. Jabari Smith says, we're winning. I ain't tripping about it. Jeff closing the game is great. It's good for me to see what he's doing in those situations, why he's in, and then just learn from it. And so to have a franchise where the young players have that mentality, because we've seen other teams where players get subbed out in the closing stages and they have a strop sitting on the bench. Um, that really stood out to me and speaks volumes about the mindset of Jabari and uh, what email doc has got going on over in Houston. So, man, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited I, to keep I, watching I, the Rockets. I am too. I, I, I got to give them credit. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's good. You know, it's a lot of good games coming on to, uh, tonight. And, uh, man, you know, it's, it's, it's great that we can, uh, you know, share a little NBA insight. Yes, sir. I mean, I don't like this week because Thursday night is uh, Thanksgiving, so no NBA. Um, <laughs> NFL over here. NFL. NFL. Yeah, yeah, you guys you guys have that. You guys have that. But that does mean on Friday for the fans in the UK, you get a nice early tip-off. You get to watch my Boston Celtics against the Orlando Magic at 7.30 in the evening UK time. How beautiful is that? That's on Friday for you to look forward to. Um, and... Yeah, man, it's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. Stay locked in. Subscribe to the Hoop Genius Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple, wherever you get your podcasts from. And most importantly, get buckets.